In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Bet Yourself Podcast. I'm Brian Russell-Smith. I'm Amanda Zuberman. And the Bet Yourself Podcast is your bi-weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happening in the news explained by your two funniest friends. Which is us. Today we're talking about... Megxit. Iran strikes back. And are Republicans turning on Donald Trump? Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Betches Media presents... Like beer? I don't know if you do. Okay. you like beer, Senator, or not? Um, Mom, I want a vape. <laughs> Nude pictures of Trump. Come on now. Don't mess with me. The Betches Sup Podcast. How dare you? What a week. What a week. What a week. Welcome back, Ryan. Two in a row. Thank Thanks. you. Of course. I'm happy to <laughs> do it. Ryan saved the day. We almost didn't have a podcast today because I <laughs> don't understand calendars. <laughs> you could have just done it by yourself. That's true. I was honestly thinking, I was like, thinking of all the things we would do. And uh-huh. I was like, I think I would do it by myself yeah. or maybe have Chris come in or we'd do it like get, tomorrow. Get but. like an AI simulation. Right. Yeah, just like two of me. And like have it type type it into Siri and right. just like press play on like, yeah. and be like good point, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> that honestly sounds ideal. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. I love you guys. Uh, um, Amanda, what is getting you through this week in Trump's America? I mean, is there any question? No. Getting me through this week in Trump's America are a handful of royals. Mm-hmm. Megan and Harry are quitting the royal family. Wow. Are you into royals? You watch. I'm starting to get into it and understanding why it's really fun to yeah. know about. And I think you've been there because you're the one. You watch The Crown. I watch The Crown. I am more interested in like the history yeah. of like royal okay. families, like right. Elizabethan times. Yeah. But like not the current Elizabeth, but like, you know what I mean? Right, right, um, But yeah, I mean, I guess so. Yeah. Sometimes like I don't really get the appeal. Right. But yeah. Yeah. But this yeah. is a fun story. I mean, like, I feel like I'm also watching The Bachelor this season. I'm engaging in a lot of escapism because I feel like I have no choice at this point. It's just I need to take care of yeah. myself. Yes. <laughs> but so Mary, Mar- Meghan Markle and Prince Harry announced Wednesday that they will be stepping back as senior royals to create a progressive new role within the institution. They plan to balance their time between the UK and North America while working to become financially independent. They're working on their new charitable entity, most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, they had just returned from a six-week sabbatical in Canada, and earlier that day before this crazy announcement, I got a news alert that was like, they might move to Canada. Yeah. Um, Which is part of the Commonwealth. Yeah, right. So I guess like they're like, we're not moving to the States, but like, Got Basically. it. Yeah, I feel like they would like move to like Vancouver, so they're still close to her mom, who I think lives in California. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, but huge move. I mean, this seems unprecedented, crazy, mm-hmm. wild, shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see the response from Buckingham Palace? I saw like a tidbit of it, but I haven't there seen. There is the full only line. a tidbit. Yeah. What? What is it? They seemed completely. So apparently, Harry and Meghan didn't give them a formal announcement, which is crazy, crazy. to me. Discussions with the Duke and this is from Buckingham Palace. Discussions with the Duke and Duchess of Sussex are at an early stage. We understand their desire to take a different approach, but these are complicated issues that will take time to work through. So it seems like this is like this is like so they they can't express how they really feel 
But this is like we are. That is what I was thinking. That was what I was thinking is like they presumably are not supposed to show emotion. How they respond to things. Like, you know, when you are mad about something and you're going to send an email Mm -hmm. and you're like, just wait an hour and maybe I'll be less mad. It's like a per my last email. Passive aggressive. But they couldn't even wait the hours. They were just like, it's complicated. Oh, my gosh. Um, Well, I mean, it. Honestly, it makes sense. You know, you could see uh, Meghan Markle recently spoke to that had that yeah. ITV interview right. and you could see that she was like th- going through it. Yeah. Like because, you know, the press in the UK are fucking monsters and to racist, her yeah. and racist like and I just couldn't imagine like, you know, for her mental health how she could possibly stick with it for the rest of her life. Right, you know what I right. mean? Like And I can't imagine like People are framing it. Like I saw a tweet, and I'm sure this is a common sentiment by Pierce Morgan, who I'm sure most of his sentiments are not general, but um, yeah. saying like she she took him away from his brother. She dragged him away from the royal family. Give the man some credit. Like he may, he's a grown ass man, even though he's not financially independent. Yeah. He can make his own decisions. I mean, Prince William kind of seems like an asshole. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry if you're not supposed to say that about a royal person. Right. But... You know, there's all those like talks of him having an affair and, you know, and uh, yeah, there was like that whole big thing and like they're not allowed to report on it. And even though everyone in the UK knows that he's like cheated on Kate Middleton a bunch of times with this like one chick. It's like the Jay-Z of. Yeah. And, you know, and then they were like using Megan apparently as like a distraction from that. Mm. Like you can't report on this. So gnarly. Go into go in on Meghan Markle because right. she's just an American who cares. Yeah, and I mean, I think for Harry, like this is the media environment that killed his mother. Yeah, like, and he has said that he suffers from anxiety because of it. Like, I'm, and he said that explicitly when he spoke out after after Markle sued the mm-hmm. newspaper that printed like letters from her dad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, watching the Crown, like in the early seasons when like. King Edward steps back and his brother's like, you just, you don't, you have to, it's a country before all, country before all. Yeah. And I, I, you can totally see that's how they're mm-hmm. reacting to this. And Harry clearly is like prioritizing his own life and his own family. Well, and also, you know, you would think that Buckingham Palace would welcome this distraction because of all the shit right. going on with Prince right. Andrew. But they're more like, they're like pissed off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. I feel like Meghan Markle and Prince Prince Harry were probably like, we don't want to be associated with an institution that accepts yeah, pedophiles. Right. Like we have a child. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's Meghan I, Markle is a, a boss. I mean, yeah. she just the, the subtle ways that she sort of plants her wokeness and everything that she does mm-hmm. is amazing. And she never lets the, the public forget that she is a black woman. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. And now I guess also with, you know, Prince William and Kate Middleton. I said I wasn't interested and here I am yeah, like yeah. spewing out all these facts. <laughs> facts. Well, facts. Yeah. Hard facts. Hard facts. Um, and because, you know, now he's not really in succession for the throne Harry? at all. Harry. That was, I asked Elise this this morning. Yeah. I was like, so what happens if something crazy happens? So next in line is Charles. Yes. What happens where something, I mean, these people are indestructible and live forever. Yeah. But something tragic happens to Charles. William assumes something tragic happens to Will, and, then and George a st- is still a baby. It's it, George would still become king. Okay, I he didn't would, know that. Yeah, he would still. I become know that king sounds so ignorant, but still, the idea of a child king is yeah. I mean, in the like West they crazy. would like 
they they may like hold off his coronation until he's right. older, and then Kate would be like a queen regent. I yeah, think. something yeah. like that. And then if anything happened to George, then yeah. be Charlotte, and then after Charlotte, yes. it's the other one. I right. forgot his name. Louis? Yeah, Louis. Louis, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like he's like far removed at this. point I was point just imagining now. like a comedy where like twenty years from now Harry gets like plucked out of Vancouver where he like runs a dispensary or something and is like, "Sir, <laughs> he, your time is now." He grows a beard. <laughs> like, totally. It's, like and then no, it's like it's um uh Prince Diaries with Archie. Right. And it's yeah, like yeah. The, the recreation oh God, the Prince of Diaries, it, totally. Anne Hathaway. Yeah, Archie is gonna be the most Ellen like the. He's probably gonna be it so handsome whole, too. Oh my God, totally. He's so cute. He's, He's so such a cute, cute little babe. But yeah, I'm happy for them. It's crazy. I'm sorry to. I know we have a lot of um, UK listeners, and I'm curious how you guys feel. I didn't want to mm-hmm. be like. There was so much amazing content and memes about it yesterday. Yeah. I was loving it, and you know, I don't know if it's like callous to sort of revel in it, or if it's kind of a tragedy for people, even if they knew it was coming. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm really curious what. I wonder the if it. I wonder be. if it wouldn't have been so like, exciting. And like great if like everything else had been so terrible, right? You know oh what my I God, mean? I like, know. right? Oh, so some like kind of news that doesn't really matter, right. but it is very salacious. Yeah, right. Right. Um, but looks like there's a lot more news that will come out of this, so it's gonna be fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Ma- maybe they'll start their own reality show. Oh my God! Yeah, right, right. Like Nick, <laughs> Nick Shea and Jessica Simpson. Yeah, I can see him like growing a beard. Totally. And just like living in the mountains. Right. Right. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. TBD. Mm-hmm. What's getting you through? Well, so. Elizabeth Warren this past week it seems like she's on like a whole media blitz. Yeah. She's been everywhere. She's been on Rachel Maddow. She's been um, you know on uh, Morning Joe. She just did Pod Save. She missed our uh, I guess we just had yeah, some Yeah so weird. I guess I we just know. had some scheduling Maybe conflicts. We, we'll check our spam. Maybe yeah. she sent something. Yeah she must have reached out. We must have missed that email. She yeah. couldn't make the podcast. Yeah. Um, but then she was also on The View. Um, I would say The View is one of my odd guilty pleasures. Yeah. I really get some sort of weird satisfaction about out of it. I, maybe it's because of like Joy Behar being like ridiculous and Whoopi Goldberg being Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. But I think it's also useful to watch because those are a lot of people watch it. And yeah. the perspectives they have either inform other people's perspectives or just generally reflect like they're 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 all pretty sh- they're all sharp women. Yeah. But totally. they do ask the questions that sometimes you feel dumb about asking and then you actually get like a real answer and a real debate. Like I would what people are really thinking. Yeah. I would say there are there are sharp with maybe one right. exception <laughs> yeah. yep. or two. Um, but specifically Megan McCain. Yeah. Megan McCain gives me I don't know what it is about her. She fills me with so much disdain. Mm-hmm. I, at the beginning, I kind of liked her because I was like, oh, she's Republican, but she's like a conservative and she's not like a crazy Trump person. Yeah. That has like long. I since think she's passed. also benefit just from like the increased canonization of her father over the past couple oh, years totally. which is obviously well earned everyone knows she's always there are compilations of her my father my father my I, father yeah. my father i have and and you know she you know i have a big issue with dynastic nepotism of and course. she is a huge Who she has a huge she's a huge beneficiary of dynastic yeah. nepotism because even like um john mccain's fathers were like huge generals like mm-hmm. father and grandfather in the united states army so even him is mm-hmm. a product even mm-hmm. he is a product of nepotism like she always talks about how she was an intern at SNL. Like you don't get the fucking internship. Like unless you're like well connected <laughs> or thing like to refer to. Excuse me now because yeah. like she always does. She's like well she's like I I was part of the liberal establishment once when I was twenty one. Basically weekend update for one semester. Right. I worked as an intern at right. SNL. Anyways, she bothers me. So Warren went on the View uh, to discuss Trump's impeachment trial in the Senate and his decision to order an airstrike on Iran and. Her wealth tax. 
So Warren was trying to explain that tax, um, which I will let her explain. I think she does in this clip. And so while discussing and laying out the specifics of her plan, she accepts a question from Joy Behar and Sonny Hoyston. But she kind of just like ignores Megan McCain's rude interruptions. Uh, I think we have that clip. Universal child care for every baby in this country, age zero to five. $800 billion into our public schools. Make it a real commitment. Universal college. $50 billion for historically black colleges and universities. And cancel student loan debt for 43 When Trump just said that we spent $2 trillion on the military, I said, I don't want anyone ever to ask Elizabeth Warren how she's going to pay for medical care. There you go. It's so funny to listen to, like, with, like without the visual, even, yeah. even more, because it's like, you're like, I I think, uh, uh, e- yeah, it's uh, so true. E- I think Elizabeth Warren is just like, 2% tax on assets over $50 yeah. million, and this is what you all get. I just yeah. kind of, I, she I love it. She accepts interruptions from Joy and Sonny. Uh-huh. Not even interruptions, they were more questions, because they were asking questions about what she was talking about, whereas it sounded like Megan just wanted to switch gears. Yeah, she's like, but I think what Joy is asking, I think, I think, I think, uh, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, no. Yeah, but so, thanks to the Megans for getting us through this week. Yeah. (laughs) The Megan M's. Yeah. Megan squared. Yes. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift, because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. 
That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, Newly with two U's with code FEVERDREAM20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. Should we do the main news? I guess. Yeah. What do you guys think we're going to talk about? More Iran. Iran strikes back. On Tuesday night, Iran launched 22 ballistic missiles at two Iraqi air bases, including the Al-Assad air base. This is the one that Trump had like called out and tweeted about saying after the Iraq parliament, Iraqi parliament said voted to kick us out of their country was like, we're not going to leave until you pay for these beautiful things we built you, including this base. Mm. To, I mean, I as soon as I heard that was the same base, I was like, did he just put a target on that yeah. base? Like, maybe he should stop going on TV and saying, here are all my favorite things in the Middle East that I really hope you don't touch. And it's also, it's like, we we invaded that country and built that base. It's not like... Right, it's right. Like they we didn't were, ask us to. Yeah. Maybe so, they... I don't so think that's what happened. It's like, yeah, we fought to give the Iraqis their democracy, and now, yeah. wait, no, yeah, don't yeah. vote us out of here. Yeah. The attacks killed no Americans or Iraqis. Both of those at that this point um, are confirmed. Iran immediately took responsibility. One of their state medias said that they had killed dozens of Americans, which definitely seemed like a message for Iranians, not yeah, for us. So like maybe like placate some right, Iranians. Right, right. Um, Trump was going to speak that night. He obviously did not. He took the podium the next day. Um, how did that night go down? So that night we started hearing from the Pentagon that they suspected that this was a deliberate miss, that they didn't want to hit any Americans, which... I've I always I am of the opinion and this is not a novel opinion, but I don't tend to freak out about World War Three because I really don't think Iran wants war with us. They know yeah. they would lose their China and Russia are a different story, but they would lose. And I think that they made they know that. And that yeah. was clear from the attack. So, I mean, it's also speculation because I feel like didn't the, did they not pre warn? I think they warned Iraq. And yeah. then Iraq warned us yeah. like shortly before. And also we have capabilities like we can sense yes. when missiles are coming. Yeah. So there was presumably some sort of preparation, whether whether there would have been casualties without that advance notice, how, however long it was, who knows. But um, I think today an Iranian official did did confirm that they did not intend to kill any Americans. Um, that was the idea. Night of they went through some diplomatic back channels. Um, basically, we don't have like really a direct diplomatic relationship with Iran. So mm-hmm. we go through these back channels, which are usually other countries. So they went through Switzerland and at least two other countries to sort of communicate to us like, hey, can you tell them we're done? Like, don't go to war with us. This was it. This was specifically in retaliation for Soleimani. Yeah. This is all we are going to do. Yeah. Um, and if this were homeland, I'd be like, but what if they were just throwing us off? But like I said, they don't, I don't think they have, they're not like, it's It's Iran. It's yeah. not, it's not ISIS, of course. Yeah. Like it's it's a it's a sovereign nation with a government. They they don't have a death wish. They yeah. don't. Yeah. And I was so I was at the at the gym when the two when they were like breaking yeah. missiles launch at Iran, and I was like running on the treadmill, and I'm like looking at everyone. I'm so I like immediately go to the news on my phone, and I'm like listening, and I'm like, how it was is really that? scary. It was really I was fucking terrified, and I was looking at around, and I'm like, why is everyone, why is everyone doing? Like, right. pay attention. Everyone yeah. was just, like, doing their, like, little cardio things, like, listening to uh, K-pop. And I was like, <laughs> well, people, right. stop what you're doing and listen to the news. I know. I, know. I was going to go to Target, but then I wanted to watch. And then I was like, I don't want to go to Herald Square right now. Yeah. That's um, fair. I've been t- asking my, because I know that Sammy, like, uh, bought a bunch of, like, non-perishables. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I really want to do that. And I keep talking to my boyfriend about yeah. it. And he's like, 
you're ridiculous. We'll be fine. And I'm like, that's what you say now. Yeah, right. I no. can't wait to tell you. Also, I, t- I told you the same so. thing. Mike's always like, I mean, worst comes to worst, we would be, un- you know, maybe we wouldn't have our favorite food to eat yeah. for like a couple days, but, but you like, would live. I think about ATMs. Like, yeah. And like, if they shut down the credit cards, how do you pay for anything? Right. Are we, we going to barter? I don't right, understand. No, I don't have cash in my house. I have none. No. I have none. <laughs> I don't have cash in my checking account. Yeah, no. <laughs> Certainly not I in am my not house. liquid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So the next morning, as we know, Trump spoke. Um, he said Iran appears to be standing down, which is true. So he said something true and confirmed that there were no American casualties. He said that there wouldn't be a military response, um, but that he would impose further sanctions, which is sort of what caused Iran to start provoking us, which led to all of this in the first place. Double down on pub- on punishing its nuclear ambitions and trying to basically constrict their economy and, and mm-hmm. make them suffer to the degree that they perhaps will come back to the nuclear agreement that we have still abandoned. He asked European allies to abandon the Iran deal and work on something new. His main motivation for that is that that one basically had like a sunset date. It was going to expire. So, mm-hmm. you know, why not? But it's like, if I have a jar of pickles in my house that doesn't expire for three years, I'm not really thinking three years ahead. Like, yeah. I I got to put it on my to-do list. Yeah. I'm sure it's more serious than that. But yeah. it seems like a weak reasoning for why we need, like, now is the time we need to do that before anything settles down. He asked NATO to get more involved in the region, suggesting that the U.S. might want to pull back, which would definitely alarm some of our allies. And Iran, Iran did suggest that they might continue attacking our allies in the region which is usually how they try to provoke us um but that's 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 scary that includes you know united arab emirates um israel Mm -hmm. um a lot of places that obviously don't deserve to like be the targets of our miscalculations yeah um that speech was wild like oh yes for reasons other than the context it was really difficult it It was um he was really shaken he was like he someone counted how many times he sniffed it was 58 times he sn- and the, they did like a compilation of him chewing. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, you listeners, for listening to that. Yeah. Um, and it sounded like he had just learned how to breathe. <laughs> like, like he yeah. wasn't born with the, with the knowledge of how to breathe, right. like most people are. Uh, right. Um, you know the reflex. I was thinking that was because this is probably the first time he's like said that many sequential full sentences. Yeah. Like normally he just ad libs and stops, and you can take. I, you know yeah. when you try to like when you're like I could sing a song, and then you do karaoke and you can't breathe. Yeah. That's I think what happened. Um, because I guess during his rallies he says something and then he people cheer right, right. and then he, he breathes. breathes right exactly but like he had like he is just so out of shape and unhealthy that like he's he's winded after like two sentences yeah and whatever went down that evening it didn't it didn't have a positive effect on his uh his vitality <laughs> yeah and then what were the words that he messed up again he was he like said, like tolerated tolerated yeah, tolerated and, tolerated, and, he just and like and it's funny because that was like an important sentence because I right. kept hearing people play those clips without like right. yeah, yeah, talking yeah. about the fact that he was slurring his speech. And someone else I saw that had said like, imagine if like uh, Hillary Clinton oh, God. was slurring and sniffing. Yeah, or Obama. It's all everyone will talk about. But right, because Hillary, yeah, Republicans specifically love to speculate about her health. Yeah, and right. I mean, she's fine now. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean, it sort of feels like now people are like, okay, who it wasn't that bad. We're not at war. Mm-hmm. Everything has sort of gone from a boil back down to a simmer. But I mean, this resulted in Iran fully pulling out of the nuclear deal. Yeah. Saying like, we're done. We're going to do whatever we want. Yeah. We're not going to just stay a year away from mm-hmm. not whatever they want. They I, like I said, they don't want war with us. They don't want to cause like a huge problem. Um, I mean, they probably do, but they don't want 
a full-on yeah. war with America. They want to continue to provoke us. It resulted in Iraq voting to kick us out of the country. And we'll talk about this later, like maybe taking away these crazy war powers from the president because he proved that he could not handle them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there remain like very serious questions about his authority, whether he is coherent enough to handle something like this. I mean, but also as, you know, as he was making his speech the next day, I'm like... Is this what gets him reelected? Number one, because there's such low expectations about him Mm -hmm. that when he doesn't do the most disastrous option available, he is like lauded and is like, this is the best President Trump we've seen. Mm. And number two, because Iran says they are stopping here, I feel like it gives them a great campaign message like killing Soleimani was correct because it happened like they didn't it didn't start a war. They just struck us this airbase once and. Yeah. Well, people they all people also say, you know, Iran will really like they could play out their their um ret- retaliation in a much longer due time yeah. than, you know, per se an American administration would. They have like longer term goals. Like they don't have the right. they don't have the change of power mm-hmm. that we have. That's you interesting. Know? Yeah. They could be like a few years from now, like do something and be like, oh, well, it's because of Soleimani or right. like a few months from now be like, oh, it was because of that because they have the time to placate and figure out the best way for a certain retaliation. So I'm not fully placated at this moment because, no, no. you know, like it is it is just nerve wracking. And, you know, I think um, Trump apparently had told people that he had watched Tucker Carlson like go against this decision because Tucker Carlson was actually like being like this is a bad idea like why did you do that and killing Soleimani yeah and like he was like and he also brought up the the point but like well now we're supposed to believe the intelligent officials like and that's where Trump gets his foreign policy right (laughs) like advice from is from fucking Fox News so yeah not to say that I like Tucker Carlson, <laughs> right? But a little right. bit of, of an agreement on this. Yeah, aspect. and I mean, Congress definitely isn't ready to move on from this. So there have been mm-hmm. like lingering questions about the Trump administration claims that they they took out Soleimani. I'm comfortable saying they assassinated him. He was mm-hmm. a military leader in a sovereign government, and we assassinated him. And there are laws about that that I think you guys talked about Monday. And a lot of the things that can sort of legitimize something like that are things like an imminent threat. Um, so there's been questions about what intelligence did they have that made them decide that today was the day that they had, that was the day that they had to kill him. Yeah. Um, so yes, there's been a number, you know, we've heard lawmakers say like, I heard this, I heard this. We've heard a number of like Democratic lawmakers say like, I'm not satisfied with what I've heard. But yesterday seemed to be sort of the big briefings. Mm-hmm. Um, top Trump cabinet officials, including Gina Haspel, who runs the CIA, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, um, National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien and Defense Secretary Mark Esper briefed members of the House and Senate and separate briefings, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Democrats and some Republicans came out of that briefing fuming. Yeah. No, no, no exaggeration. They were fuming. Yeah. Um, let's just hop in and listen to what Republican Senator Mike Lee of Utah had to say about it. The briefing lasted only 75 minutes, whereupon our briefers left. This, however, is not the biggest problem I have with the briefing which I would add was probably the worst briefing I've seen, at least on a military issue, in the nine years I've served in the United States Senate. What I found so distressing about that briefing was that one of the messages we received from the briefers was, do not debate, do not discuss the issue of the appropriateness of further military intervention against Iran. 
and that if you do, you'll be emboldening Iran. I find this insulting and demeaning, not, not personally, but to the office that each of the 100 senators in this building happens to hold. It is not acceptable for officials within the executive branch of government, I don't care whether they're with the CIA, with the Department of Defense or, or otherwise, to come in and tell us that we can't debate and discuss the appropriateness of military intervention against Iran. It's un-American, it's unconstitutional, and it's wrong. Every time they pull a stunt like this, I'm willing to consider and introduce any and every War Powers Act resolution. Wow. Yeah, that's intense. That's immediately after. Uh, Rand Paul, a Republican, also said it was trash. Those two Republicans actually had previously voted to curtail Trump's ability to go Mm -hmm. to war. This is something that Congress has been looking at all year as as tensions have escalated. Um, Mm -hmm. So what else do we know about what happened in the briefing? Like I said, it was short. Uh, Yeah, it was short. Um, The attendee said CIA Director Gina Haspel refused to answer whether Soleimani post any imminent threat to the U.S. Um, she told them to just read the report. Sounds like read the transcript. Right, you right, me. yeah. Um, and they said that the administration basically knew nothing um, and I couldn't tell them anything about that the American people didn't already know. Um, and they're members of Congress. They're supposed to know more than us. Uh, they were apparently evasive and one lawmaker said they gave a window in which there might be an imminent attack that was so large it could uh, barely be considered imminent. So, like, there might be an imminent attack in a year. Right. Yeah. I don't know if it was a year, but it's just, like, yeah, imminent. But it's, like, it's not imminent if it's... Uh, basically, it sounded like what we had heard earlier this week from lawmakers that, like, yeah, there was intelligence, but it's, it's never great news with Iran. We yeah. always have intelligence that there could be attacks. Well, we even, like, we've this week, we have seen them change their, their talking points about yeah. it, you know? Mike Pompeo came out and said we believe there there was an imminent threat. Yeah, our our intelligence officers have told us there was one, and then they sort of walked that back. And then they were like, "Well, maybe there wasn't there an imminent threat, uh, imminent like whatever attack being planned, but we still had to do this." And it's like, "Well, why?" And then they're right. like flip flopping, like they are never. But what they really the real reason, and the, apparently they spend a lot of time in there is just explaining like how dangerous Iran is and all the shit they've pulled over the years. But it's like that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, they like shushed lawmakers when they had questions. They ignored questions. The point of the thing is to answer questions. They wouldn't answer questions. I, this is terrifying. This is people who know why we killed this man, mm-hmm. not saying uh, we just felt like it or we just wanted to. And this, I mean, even that would be better just right. so we fucking knew. Exactly. I, I mean, there are some people out there saying he was a people calling him a terrorist. Yeah. saying He didn't. We need. He shouldn't be on this earth. So like, are sh- so are so should we be worried or should we not be worried? It's basically right. what like I would like to know. It's like, do we have to worry about an imminent attack or uh, that word is so hard to say? By imminent the way, attack. imminent. Yeah. Um, I feel like I keep fucking it up, but um, it's we have a we deserve the right to know, and if we don't have the right to know, at least. Like, members of Congress should have the right to know. Well, especially so Mike Pence uh, reacted, sort of responded to these criticisms coming out of the briefing. And he basically said, like, you know, the administration has to keep some things close. We can't tell you everything because it's sensitive. It could compromise sources and methods. So he was claiming that, like, yeah, yeah, I hear you. But, like, the most compelling evidence we have, we just can't show you. That's literally, like, the opposite of the point. Mm-hmm. Of telling, like, there is nothing that you can't share with the Gang of Eight. Yeah. The Gang of Eight is made up of the Speaker of the House, the House Minority Leader, um, 
Senate Majority Leader, Minority Leader, as well as the chairs and ranking members of both the Senate Committee and the House Committee's Intelligence Committees for intelligence. So like the Adam Schiff's and the Devin Nunes and then from the Senate too. those eight people that exact term that doesn't just refer to like that term means the people that get clued in on the intelligence. It's also waved around as like the eight most powerful people. But the origin of the term is that the executive branch tells these people Mm -hmm. what's going on. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you can't tell them. That's the point of them. Yeah. So this is really kind of terrifying. Well, it's just like clear that, you know, the executive branch really does not you know take into account the constitution when they when they make decisions because you know there are three equal branches of government and they do not view congress as a co-equal branch of government and it's scary because that's why we live in that's what a democracy is you know that's why you know you leave a monarchy because the the king had the authority to go to war and we felt that the, the king should not have the authority to go to war. It's like we don't need one person's ego dictating um, military action and the loss of lives. It's crazy. Right. And not only is the president not the only person in charge, but going to war specifically is something that the Constitution gave Congress mm-hmm. the authority to decide. Yeah. So this week, the House is kind of like, let's let's remind people that it's our job. Let's over the, since 9-11, there has been sort of this degradation of Congress's ability to sort of intervene in how the president starts mm-hmm. w- war type yeah. <laughs> activities. Yeah. And this week, the the House is sort of looking at that again. Today, specifically, the House will vote on a war powers resolution to kind of rein in his power to pursue military action in Iran and elsewhere, but mostly Iran. Um, the announcement that they would do so actually came right after this, this briefing. I think it was sort of being discussed, but that seemed like a pretty right moment to to announce it. Mm-hmm. Um, Nancy Pelosi said that members of Congress have serious urgent concerns about the administration's decision to engage in hostilities and its lack of strategy moving forward. So the resolution that they are looking at this week refers specifically to Trump's ability to take military action against Iran, as I said, is successful in the House and Senate. The resolution would force Trump to end hostilities against Iran unless mm-hmm. Congress authorizes war or again to thwart an imminent attack or threat. Um, yeah, like Mike Lee said that he went in on that undecided, but came out of it being pretty convinced that Trump can't handle wartime powers. Um, yeah. Congress has the sole power to, to declare war, but since 2001, they have sort of ceded that over time. And Trump and his administration have used some of these uh, 2011 uh, era no, 2000, authorization 2000 acts. There what? are two. There oh, are 2001 two? and 2002. Um, they're kind of two specific the distinction is that one refers more to terrorism and one refers more to the Iraq war. Yeah. And um, the, you, you said this is like mostly in response because of September 11th. It was three days after yeah. that they, they've, they authorized the um, 2001 authorization for the use of military mm-hmm. force. Fucking over the Dick years, Cheney. I know over the years, a number of like house members have tried to repeal this because it's used. I mean, Bush used it. Obama used it mm-hmm. as sort of a just, they basically can, they can just manipulate their arguments to say like, this is we were going after a terrorist by doing this. You could, I mean, a lot of people are calling Soleimani a terrorist. Yeah, I had used that phrasing in one thing and heard from a lot of Iranians saying that that was not a correct way to to characterize it. Well, I mean, he is deemed a terrorist yeah, by mean, our yes, that's true standards. And um, and also that's an important point. Well, it's also perhaps why you know Mike Pence posted that tweet that was so factually inaccurate yeah saying like you know oh the iranians like harbored some of the terrorists the 12 the 12 t- terrorists who took our hijackers who took part in 9-11 where there was like actually like 15 yeah and, uh, yeah 
then we're Iranian. Right, right. Um, yeah, or the report, yeah, it's there's literally no evidence that that mm-hmm. happened. Um, so lawmakers came out of the briefing. Basically, in that briefing, they were trying to use that 2002 authorization, which refers to the Iraq war. And so people came out of that like, what the heck Yeah, does does assassinating Iran's military general have to do with the Iraq war. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, nobody really explained this better than Republican Senator Rand Paul after the briefing and sort of described why it's absurd to apply these these old authorizations to this scenario. You know, it's an insult to the Constitution. The Constitution said the power to declare war was to be given to Congress. They specifically did not give that power to the president. In the briefing and in public, This administration has argued that the vote to topple Saddam Hussein in 2002 now applies to military action in Iraq. That is absurd. Nobody in their right mind with a straight face, with an ounce of honesty, can argue that when Congress voted to go after Saddam Hussein in 2002, that that authorized military force against an Iranian general 18 years later. If we need to be at war, We debate it in the open, in public, and we have a public vote in the Senate and the House. That's the way you go to war. Preach. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to hear them talk about, you know, to to talk about, you know, the the, the appropriate, uh, you know, paths to certain things that Congress has the right to when, you know, they're facing an impeachment trial. I know. Where they, they... congressionally approved a budget for Ukraine and it was being withheld right by the executive branch so you think so maybe they'll do you think do we think that they'll take that thought process to the trial I mean right now there are three uh, I guess there's Lee so this will go through the house yeah. they were going this doesn't include a repeal of the 2001 or the 2002 war authorizations mm-hmm. um, many lawmakers specifically represent representative Barbara Lee of California she was the only congressperson it was three days after 9-11 to vote against this, basically saying this this authorization saying the president can do whatever he wants um, mm. in the Middle East if he thinks that there's a threat that is connected to what happened three days ago. The only one. And since then, year after year, she tries to repeal these. Mm-hmm. And it never works. It'll get through the House. Uh, it won't get through the Senate because usually one mm-hmm. or the other is not controlled by the same. Uh, they were going to include language in this War Powers Resolution they're going to vote on today to repeal the 2002 one that um, they're using to justify this attack. Because there's probably a, it's probably easier to argue for the president can can choose to undertake operations to take out terrorists than you can understand why that's a right that he should have to um, specifically that are like, that have to do, that are threats to Iraq. Because people are sick of this war. People are sick yeah. of this. Um, and, and especially the fact that he would use this to justify what happened is, is crazy. Um, but they dropped the language in, in today's bill about the 2002 authorization because they knew it wouldn't make it through the Senate. And this has happened before. They once passed a version that did repeal it and it never made it through the Senate. This also probably won't make it through the Senate. But who knows? I mean, we have these these senators. Two, that's two. It mm-hmm. takes four. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll... We'll see. Uh, yeah. And and just to add to that, Pelosi is still sort of, she, she's been saying, like, I still want to look into repealing that. It's just not really what we're doing today. This is just a, a sort of clean war powers mm-hmm. resolution. So we'll we'll update you guys on, uh, on how that vote went on Monday. But yeah, one more thing. Speaking of impeachment. Yeah. So I think it looks like if things are finally beginning to uh, move forward. Uh, before the holidays, Nancy Pelosi said she would hold off 
on sending the articles of impeachment to the Senate until she knew more about like what the trial would look like. Uh, Mitch McConnell was like, okay, whatever. We don't want them anyway. Um, but she hoped to pressure him to be more fair because he wants to get this over with. Um, because it's clear to me now watching Mitch McConnell's actions and Senator Lindsey Graham's is that all they really care about is their own reelection. Yeah. And so I feel like they just want, and they think that they can like pitch their ride to Donald Trump's election and, uh, Right, right. So they all just want to get this done with and get yeah. him acquitted. And the longer she ho- holds a trial hostage, the I feel like I'm talking like a Republican. But I yeah. mean, fine. That's kind of what she's doing. I don't care. Yeah. Um, the the longer it will take for him to be acquitted. But like over the break, a lot of so she said before Christmas, I'm going to do this. And then over the break, we had a lot of eventful stuff that you know, in my view, sort of legitimizes why she held them. Yeah, she's still holding them. It seems mm-hmm. about time to hand them over, but. Um, there was more breaking investigations that that exposed emails between people in the administration where they all tried to convince a lot of the people that we haven't heard from yet tried to convince Trump to let the aid flow. People like John Bolton and Mick Mulvaney. Those are people that wouldn't that were John, John Bolton wasn't subpoenaed because we knew if we Democrats knew if they subpoenaed him, he wouldn't come and it would be a protracted mm-hmm. uh, court battle. So suddenly, as she was holding on to these, a lot more information came out about what really happened and sort of demanded was like, we really need to hear from these people. After it came out, uh, Mitt Romney was like, I'd like to hear from John Bolton. John Bolton said earlier this week that he would be happy to testify, which, you know, it's unclear if that's because he has information he thinks uh, would exonerate the president mm-hmm. or if he has information he thinks that America, the American people need to hear. Well, you would think that if the if he had information that would exonerate the president, he would A, just yeah, release that, it. Right. Or B, they would pressure him the Mitch McConnell would be like, okay, then yes, we should subpoena John Bolton. Right. I like won't really like hold my breath for anything John Bolton will do. Um, yeah. He's the one that wrote like 10,000 troops to Venezuela on a, like a post-it. <laughs> right. Uh, so who yeah. knows? But I mean, yeah, incidentally, the big thing that Democrats wanted from Mitch is a commitment to call witnesses from the beginning of a trial, namely those four witnesses. So that's uh-huh. what they've been discussing with him, what Chuck Schumer, the Senate majority leader has been discussing with him. Um, and it sort of looked like maybe they were having an effect by by giving, you know, the moderate Republican senators some time to think about and come forward to say, hey, mm-hmm. maybe I don't maybe I don't like this. Maybe I would vote um, to have some sort of rules include a commitment to bringing witnesses like people like Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski all came out and said, I don't really love how Mitch is handling this. I think we should all be neutral. Yeah. Romney said, I want to hear from Bolton. Um, so for a minute, it was like, all right, there are three that might vote that we want witnesses. But then this week, Mitch McConnell said, no, I have all the votes I need to just set the rules now and decide later if we're going to have witnesses. Um, it's interesting because Susan Collins recently said something where it's like, it's funny that they want me or want my help for this because um, Mitch or no, um, Chuck Schumer just poured a bunch of money into my competitor, my, my rate to my competitor's race in for the Senate. It's like, oh. So, Way to put politics like yeah. blatantly in it. It obviously is political, but it's like you really re- okay. So it is political. It's yeah. like it isn't about like upholding your oath to the Constitution. It's about you winning re-election. Who, by the way, is running for their fucking fifth term as a senator in Maine? I can't. What is, she wants to be a senator for thirty years? Right. That doesn't I seem mean, right. We I need know. term limits we on do. these people. That's crazy. This old woman who like can't stop shaking yeah. needs to like be like not allowed to run five times. And not just her. Anyone. You know what I mean? Like we right. don't need 
Octa- o- what is it? What's the octoranians or whatever? Octogenarians. Octogenarians. <laughs> Unless dictating- they're Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, I mean, even then, come yeah. on. But we like, I love Nancy, but you know, yeah, it's a lot of it, very, very old white people. In a charge. lot of very old white people in charge, and you know, there's probably a lot of young not white people who could probably do the job better. Right. Yeah, so likely this week, what will we see for impeachment? We'll likely see the Senate, because Mitch says that he has what he needs to set the rules right now. They will likely adopt rules very similar, if not identical, to the rules used in Clinton's impeachment trial, which passed unanimously and also decided to call, like, whether or not we decide witnesses, call witnesses is going to come later. And so Republicans are really shilling, like, look, we're basically doing what you guys did then. But there's a huge difference, because there was a two-year investigation before the Clinton impeachment trial. Mm Mm-hmm. They had heard, it was kind of like, they had heard from everyone, so there wasn't this question of like, well, we still have four people that the president refuses, is ordering not to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it passed unanimously, I'm sure. Yeah. So it's a completely different, a completely different scenario. Um, it doesn't preclude the possibility of witnesses at all. After like opening arguments and opening statements and sort of cross-examination or however it goes, they'll sort of can bring more emotions, but then still you do need... 51 senators um so you know is anything going to come out before that time that would really convince like one of those but you know what as this is happening reporting is still being done i was reading that it's like there's a lot of stuff that can come out that it doesn't necessarily have to change the process at all it is a foregone conclusion i think the democrats mission should be you know don't delay this like crazy but like you it doesn't necessarily just have to be the, the government that's like exposing it more information right now. The longer this is an active situation, the longer there will be reporting and new investigations and yeah. new information that could, who knows at this point, we always think that the next most damning thing is going to be the thing that prompts Republicans to like observe their constitutional duty. But so, well, it's interesting because now you can see that there's polling happening about, about the, the witnesses, about the witnesses and about the impeachment trial in general. And it says here, among Americans, 79% of Democrats think the trial should include witnesses, as well as 64% of Republicans. That is a lot. And if you look at it state by state, especially in these competitive Senate race places like Maine, like Colorado, the people on independents, Republicans, and Democrats overwhelmingly want this to be a fair trial. They want there to be witnesses. They want that to be actually, they, they don't want it to be a party line vote. They want them to look at the facts and make a decision based upon that. And if I was, you know, Cory Gardner in Colorado running for a reelection, I would really question what my next step would be. Like, do I go along party lines in such a swing country or swing state? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I would want to do what I feel is right. And I feel like it's easier to argue your position with like a moral authority as opposed to I had to do what Mitch McConnell told me to do. I feel like there's just so many outs for them. Like they could say this process, we know it's going to happen anyway. So why not just get this done and get back to governing for the American people? Like that's how I would defend it as a Republican. And if I saw that on a TV ad, I'm a Republican. I'd probably be like, fine. Yeah. But if you were an independent, I don't know. That's true. Exactly. Those purple states. Those They need, they, they can't just rely upon a Republican voting for them. Right. So, yeah. So this morning, Nancy Pelosi said that she doesn't, she's like, I'm not going to hold on to these forever. I'm almost ready. I'll send them soon. 
Um, I think she's just waiting now. It sounds like the Senate is ready to pass a resolution on how they're going to handle this, after which I think that's when she'll send them through and appoint. She's like, I just I need to know what this will look like before I decide yeah. which House managers to um, appoint. And usually those that seems to be part of like formally transmitting the articles. Yeah. Um, so I think that there was a slight advantage to holding on to them. We got more information. Yeah. Um, but I also think that it was it was House Democrats who said that we needed to have this happen fast and we need to move to impeach the president quickly because it's urgent what he's done and we mm -hmm. have an election coming up and we need to show that this was bad. So I don't think she has really the uh, the moral authority yeah. to prolong this much longer. And going into this this election, Donald Trump will be the first and only president yeah. in history he's still to impeached. have been impeached right. running for re-election. Cory Booker just came out and said that if, the, if it does go to the Senate trial, he thinks it's going to derail his campaign, mm -hmm. which I mean, like, I mean, I, I don't know how much yeah. legs your campaign has left anymore. Anyways. Oh, Cory Booker's campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, right. Julian Castro dropped out. I think we already said that. And now has endorsed Elizabeth Warren. I don't think we said that last uh, on Monday. Um, and then on Tuesday, Democratic debate. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. Yep. Another one. The last one before the Iowa caucus. Yeah. Less than a month away. Yeah. It's Wild. happening. It is happening. Yep. So I, I'm assuming we'll cover that. Yeah. The <laughs> thing that sucks for the senators is that it's not like a grandstanding thing. Like we're all like, oh, I can't wait to see Kamala like shred everybody. You write, they write questions down on a piece of paper and yeah. they hand them over and they're not really allowed to talk that much. I think specifically to avoid uh, grandstanding, but it'll be another, another fun adventure for yeah. us here at the SUP. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that's it for today. Thank you so much to everyone who submitted a review to win the Apple Watch. Um, it's so helpful when you guys do that. And it's great to read the feedback. It's really productive feedback. And we definitely take what you guys say and implement it. So we have some exciting things happening for this year. Um, that is over. We do have a winner. But you can still win free stuff uh, by participating in our ambassador program. Just check out our Instagram. I'm going to promote it again on the stories. But we also have a highlight. The stickers are great. The stickers are really fun. People love them. And you can't buy them. And you just have to refer one friend to the newsletter. And your friend, you won't regret it. Your friend will thank you. The newsletter, you guys know, Elise writes it. It makes me laugh every day. Mm -hmm. It's so funny. Uh, so we just want to make sure more people have it in their life and know that it's out there for them. Um, yeah. Okay. Great. So until the end of democracy, I'm Brian Russell Smith. I'm Amanda Duberman. And this has been the Betches Up Podcast. This episode of the Betches Up Podcast is hosted by Amanda Duberman. And Brian Russell Smith. This up is created by Sammy Fishbein. The show is produced by Amanda Duberman. Our editor is Sean Kilby. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. And be sure to follow us at at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to SUP at Betches.com. Betches.